Would you please take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings 18. How many of you remember what the name Elijah means? Anybody remember what the name Elijah means besides my people? Here, Elijah, come here. You know what your name means, right? You guys remember what the name Elijah means? It's a special name. Why do you think I named my eldest son Elijah? Yeah. Yes, sir. That is exactly what it means. So it means the Lord, Jehovah, is my God. So you hear the Jah? At the end, a ja is referring to Jehovah, and E is related to the Hebrew word El, which is the word for God or Elohim. So when the two are combined, and it forms a sentence, basically, where it says, my God is Jehovah. My God is Jehovah. That's what it means, Elijah. And isn't it fascinating that God chose to use a man who had this name to bring this very message to Israel. Now, I need some helpers out here because later on we're going to find out um, that all the people shout out something. And I'm not going to tell you all what it is yet. Um, But these people at least know and I think the rest of you are going to catch on to it. And... um, well, should I, should I tell, tell the rest of you all what I've handed out? Uh, Brother Rice, you know, can you tell everybody what's on that little slip of paper that I handed you? Yeah, it's a Bible verse. Just, just read the part of what all the people said. Yes, the Lord, he is the God. And in Hebrew, the Lord is the name Jehovah. Well, later on today, I'm telling you ahead of the story, the people are all going to shout this. And when you hear those guys shout it, you shout it with them. The Lord, he is the God. They're actually shouting Elijah's name. That's what they're shouting. The Lord, he is the God. Now I got a question. Is he your God? You know, we go back in history and we've seen so many different people. Saul and David, Solomon, not to mention all of the judges that came before them. We saw the kingdom divided in 975 B.C., So many people knew the Lord, knew Jehovah, but was he their God? We've come now and we've seen Nadab, I'm sorry, not Nadab, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, first king of Israel. He knew who the Lord was, but instead of being afraid for political reasons that he would lose loyalty, he set up a golden calf and he told everyone these be the gods that have led you out of Egypt. He actually named this idol. Does anybody know what he named that idol? We refer to it as the golden calves. Do you know what he named it? Does anybody remember? Hannah? The Lord. In Hebrew, he used the name Jehovah. Now, you don't have to be a very um, deep theologian to know that's not Jehovah. How many of you knew that? Good. No, Jehovah isn't a graven image. Jehovah isn't an idol. Jehovah is the one true God, the creator of all things. Well, he says, Jehovah's my God, and here it is. He had it messed up. You know, there's a lesson in that for all of us. So many times Christians and people, they, they claim to be Christians. But when you see how they live and, and what things they trust and um, what things they find their joy and pleasure and fulfillment in, have you ever scratched your head and thought, is this a Christian? 
You know, people do this kind of thing even to this day. They may even just do it in different ways. They may not have idols that they do it with, but they do it with pastimes. They do it with pleasures. They, they do it with politics. They do it with all kinds of things. But is the real God, the true God, your God? Well, coming back to our timeline, that was Jeroboam the first, and it continued on. In fact, it continued on for 300 years, that false worship of Jehovah. It wasn't Jehovah. It was an idol. And now we've come to the era of Ahab. And you remember his father, Omri, right? Was Omri a good king or a wicked king? He was wicked. Is Ahab a good king or a wicked king? Yeah, he's wicked too. But you see the prophet Elijah up there on the timeline? We don't know when his ministry began exactly. Uh, we do know that it transitioned sometime within the latter reign of Ahab. But um, we have Elijah. And his name means, what's it mean? Jehovah is my God. Jehovah is my God. He's talking about the real Jehovah. And he's been praying for some time that it not rain. And it hasn't been raining, just as he said. But before we go into this account, though, I want to give you a little bit of history of Ahab and Omri again. Years later, in 727, 725, 722 BC, the nation of Israel is still doing this. They're continuing in the statutes of Omri. So it says, the statutes of Omri are kept, and all the works of the house of Ahab. And ye walk in their consuls, that I should make you a desolation, and the inhabitants thereof an hissing. Therefore ye shall bear the reproach of my people." Judgment God is pronouncing here upon the people for continuing in the ways and the statutes of Omri and Ahab. And this is in a few hundred years. Right now, Ahab, though, is very prosperous. Ahab, come on down here. Come on down here. He's, he's very, very prosperous. And things have spiraled even more out of control in some ways. You know, we had Jeroboam with the worship center still continuing on of, of Jeroboam and, and, and all that going on with his golden calves. But now there's a new problem because Ahab has married a woman from far up north, and her name is Jezebel. Jezebel. And you know, she worships Baal. And now we have a new religion. It's not really new. It's actually been in this land even before the children of Israel came in under the leadership of Moses and Joshua. But when she comes, she not only comes by herself, she brings over 850 missionaries with her. And these aren't Jewish missionaries. They're not Levite missionaries. They're not Jewish missionaries. They're Baal missionaries. 800 of them she brings with her. And she brings this down into the land of Israel. So now you have Israel who's worshiping Jehovah, but it's not really Jehovah. It's just some golden calves. And meanwhile, they're worshiping golden calves. Now Jezebel comes in and propagates. It was already there, but now popularizes the false pagan and despicable, by the way, religion of Baal worship. Things are a problem. Elijah knows it. And he believes just as his name means. My God is Jehovah. Not the Jehovah that Jeroboam invented or Jehovah that I invent, but the real Jehovah. He's my God. And he knows his law. He knows his Bible. And he knows that God says when his people turn from him, he will judge them and he will not send rain. And so if you can believe it, Elijah prayed that there be no rain. None. And God sent him to Ahab at one time. And it tells us that Elijah, whose main name means Jehovah is my God, he was the Tishbite, he was of the inhabitants of Gilead. This is chapter 17, verse 1. He comes and he says to Ahab, 
rain these years, but according to my word. No dew, nor rain, as I say, but according to my word. And this is, as the Lord, the God of Israel, liveth. Now that probably disturbs you. Because she doesn't believe in him. Well, actually, this is kind of interesting, because oftentimes with false religions, there's a knowledge of the one true God. There's just a denial of him. Well, as I told you before, if I were Ahab, I would have said, now stop that guy. Don't let him get away. But Ahab just took it. Elijah left. He fled. And you remember, we went through some of this history last time. Once, um, once he had spoken to um, Ahab, if we zoom in here, um, on our map, we'll see the Dead Sea, the Sea of Galilee. It's Dead Sea, Sea of Galilee, top and bottom. And you can see Elijah the Tishbite, that's right over here with the brook, near the brook Cherith. And Samaria is the capital city of Israel at this time. Just to give you a heads up, he also has a, a retreat palace up in Jezreel, but the main capital is in Samaria. So Elijah comes in and he tells him, as the Lord liveth, there'll be neither dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Well, that was the prophet. Here we can see he ends up fleeing and hiding not too far away. I mean, this is only a few miles over here at the Brook Cherith. And time goes by. There's no rain. No rain. No rain. No rain. Month after month after month, a year passes. Two years pass. And Ahab is determined to find this Elijah, the Tishbite, who said that, but according to his word, there would be no rain. And so he is sending messengers all over the place, hunting and searching for this Elijah, and they can't find him. He sends messages to foreign nations, thinking that perhaps a foreign nation has harbored him and hidden him. When they say he's not here, he insists that they swear he's not there. He can't find them. He's been hunting and hunting and hunting for him. They can't find them. Meanwhile, there's still no rain. No rain. But there's something else that's terrible going on in the land. Even at this time, the people are worshiping the golden calves. The people are worshiping Baal. And now worse than that, Jezebel has begun to oppress the real servants of the Lord. Not just Elijah. But everyone else who says they're a prophet of the Lord, everyone else who worships the Lord, and so people are fleeing from the north to the south. People are hiding. People are dying. Jezebel is massacring, killing those who believe in Jehovah. And it was probably made worse as the hunger pains grew. But actually, to be blunt, I don't think these two had hunger pains because I think they were well taken care of to the oppression of all the people. In fact, not only were they taken care of, but the 850 prophets, her missionaries, she's taking good care of and feeding them. While at the same time, the people are starving the prophets of Jehovah, the true believers in the real Jehovah are starving. They can't find Elijah. They can't find Elijah. And so Ahab sees a problem. This famine is getting so bad that his animals are starving. How do I know that? Well, let's see what happens here in verse 3. It tells us that Ahab called Obadiah. Call for Obadiah. 
Ah, here's Obadiah. Obadiah, now here's Obadiah. He is a governor in his house. He's like a steward. He's a guy that likes to take care of things in the house of the king. Now it tells us here in parentheses that Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. Remember last week we learned a little bit about what fearing the Lord means? To fear the Lord. He feared the Lord greatly. And this is the real Lord. For it was so that when Jezebel cut off, killed the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. So here now, we have someone in the court. Apparently, Ahab, Jezebel, they don't know that he's a true believer in Jehovah. They don't know. And in fact, they also don't know that he is helping to provide for and hide a hundred prophets of the real Jehovah in a cave. I wonder where he got the food. Maybe he got it from Jezebel, from her stock supply for all the prophets of Baal. That's a suspicion. I don't know that for sure. But anyway, he is working hard in the midst of this famine to provide for, to take care of these people. But Ahab doesn't know. Ahab doesn't know. Ahab doesn't know. Meanwhile, Jezebel, she has ordered that all the prophets of Jehovah be killed and cut off. Kill them all. Cut them all off. So Ahab says to Obadiah, Go into the land, unto all fountains of water, and unto all brooks, Peradventure we may find grass to save the horses and mules alive, that we lose not all the beasts. Hmm. Ahab, how about the people? I, I hope I'm not being like the Democrats and like the Republicans are sometimes, where they just pick up on one little thing, rip it out of context, and make a big deal out of it. But can I make a big deal out of this one? The worry here is about the horses and the beasts. No worry about the people. Now, I'm adding that part. But I get the impression. Do you think I'm stretching it to say that I don't think Ahab cared much for the people? I don't know. No, it's, let's take care of the horses and the mules. Keep them alive. We don't want to lose any beasts. So what they do, they divide the land between them to pass through it. They're, they're going to look for water. They're going to divide the land. They're going to pass through it. They're going to look for it. Now, you remember, you remember that Elijah went up to the brook Cherith. And he was there that he drank of the brook and the ravens came and brought him bread and flesh in the morning. And the ravens came and brought him bread and flesh in the evening. Can you guys turn on my computer sound and just leave it on for the rest of the time? Um, and here at this brook, at this brook, he is drinking water. And the ravens are bringing him food. But as time goes by, that brook dried up. That brook dried up. God tells him to leave it. So Ahab, you're not going to find any water at that one. Obadiah, you're not going to find any water there. Elijah moves up north. Remember that? God commands him to go up to Zarephath, which belonged to Zidon. So he goes on up to the region of Phoenicia, way up north, um, real close to Jezebel's hometown. And there he is living with a widow woman. And a widow woman is providing him his sustenance. A widow is sustaining him. But really it's the Lord sustaining the widow woman, the widow's son, and Elijah. Which I think this is really funny. You sin throughout all the kingdoms. Swear Elijah's not in your kingdom. Swear he's not in your kingdom. Is that what he's doing? You swear to me that Elijah's not there. And meanwhile, Jezebel's hometown is right there. This is just a few miles, less than 20 miles away, is where Elijah's hiding. He's hiding up in Jezebel's hometown. I'm actually really curious. 
The Phoenicians and Zidon at this time in history were, were despicably evil and wicked people for the most part. I mean, there's exceptions always. I mean, I think the widow was an exception. But as a whole, as a society, it was messed up. That's why it was so horrific that Omri sought a wife for Ahab from Zidon. It was a dreadfully wicked place. I wonder if maybe Ahab and Jezebel never even dreamed that Ahab would go, that Elijah would go up there. Maybe even didn't even look up there. I don't know. But they couldn't find him anywhere. That's where he's been all this time. Well, as he's been there this time, um, it tells us in chapter 18, verse 1, we went to verse 3 and covered this part. But let's go back to verse 1. For it tells us that it came to pass after many days, three years, six months approximately, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And so Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. That's the capital city. That's where he's at. So he's on his way to see him. But as he's on his way, you know who he meets? Here he meets Obadiah. Why don't you guys come up over there? You're not with Ahab yet. You're, you're over here, okay? And so as... Um, Obadiah is going looking for water. Um, he comes along and he sees Elijah. Now, I don't know how he knew him, but he recognized, this is Elijah. This is Elijah. And so he comes and he falls on his face before Elijah. And he says, Art thou that, my lord, Elijah? I am. Go tell thy lord. Behold, Elijah is here. What have I sinned that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whither my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said, He's not there, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation that they found thee not. And now thou sayest, Go, tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from thee, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. But I, thy servant, fear the Lord from my youth. Was it not my Lord? Was it not told my Lord what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord? How I hid an hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water? And now thou, thou sayest, Go, tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here, and he'll slay me. As the Lord God of hosts liveth, I will surely. For my stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. Mm. Mm, this is scary. <sighs> Did Elijah know the prophets of the Lord have been slain by Jezebel? I don't know that he did. I wonder how, how many friends. Elijah was just now finding out we're dead. I wonder how many of them were tortured by Jezebel trying to find out where he was at. Elijah's own friends, perhaps, dead. And now, Elijah is asking Obadiah, who is actually right now hiding a hundred prophets of the Lord, go tell Ahab I'm here. And Obadiah's like, oh, I go tell Ahab that you're here, and then the Lord takes you away somewhere, and he gets here and finds you not here. He'll kill me! Like he's been killing all the prophets of the Lord. But Elijah says, as the Lord of hosts liveth, that's an important phrase, because he does live. Baal doesn't live. Astaroth doesn't live. Jehovah does. He says, I will surely show myself unto him this day. And so, Obadiah went to meet Ahab. And imagine, I don't know if he had to found him in Samaria or if he found him out hunting, looking for water. But he told him, 
<laughs> Elijah's here. Elijah's here. And so Ahab comes out to meet Elijah. And he says unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore, send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the groves, four hundred, which eat at Jezebel's table. So here we have this. These prophets all gathered together. Well, there's 400 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Astaroth of the groves. So Ahab, he gathers them all together. Now, Jezebel, she doesn't come. So Jezebel, you want to just disappear here for a moment because we're going to go to Mount Carmel. Now you see here, Mount Carmel is right here. You see it right there where the purple turns to yellow, that little park that jets out into the Mediterranean Sea. So here we have Mount Carmel. Now, the Phoenicians, this region up here, is that where, where Jezebel is from, they believed that Mount Carmel had great significance. It was a place of mystic power. You ever heard things like that? That's what the Phoenicians thought of Mount Carmel. It's a really sacred, sacred site. Up there on the hill, it's, it's actually a magnificent hill to be on. It was there back in 2017. You can look over the Mediterranean Sea, see far out up north. You can see all through the Jezreel Valley. It's, it's an amazing place to be up on that place. And so that's, that's, where, that's where they're at here. They've, they've, they've gathered themselves together upon the instruction and the orders of, of Elijah. And... Um, here you can see another map of Mount Carmel, and here's Elijah's hometown, and here's the capital city of Samaria, and here's Jezreel. That's likely where Jezebel's at. So 400 of the prophets of Baal come up here to Mount Carmel, and they come to this place. And Ahab calls all the children of Israel, and he gathers the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. So can you imagine with me here that you too have all come? to Mount Carmel. And it says that Elijah came unto all the people, and he has a question for all of you. Listen to what he said. How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. There it is. If the Lord, Jehovah, the creator of heaven and earth, be God, if he's God, Follow him. Elijah, my God is Jehovah. You follow him because he's God. But if Baal's God, you follow him. So, he is going to make a test. Because when he gives this plan, everybody just sits there. Kind of like you a lot of times. And nobody says a word. See, you're on my script. The people said not a word. They just stared at him. Where's this going? Well, Elijah makes a plan. I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under, and I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. Now when all the people heard this, you know what they said? It is well spoken. That's a plan. They'll have a bullock they can put on their altar with the wood. No fire. He'll have an altar, which Jehovah's altar is neglected and broken down. But he'll do the same. And he says, the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And the people said, it's well spoken. It's a good plan. 
good plan. So Elijah, he says to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, for ye are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And so that's the plan. And so that's what they do. They take a bullock, which was given them, they butcher it, they chop it up, and they put it on their altar. Already, they're going to worship Baal and call upon him to send fire from heaven. And so they worship, saying, There was no answer. There was no voice. There was no answer. And they kept going. But, but, but let me tell you. Elijah let you guys keep going, but I got to stop you for a minute. Elijah let him keep going, but I got to stop him for a minute. Because I got to read to you something from Psalm 117. Can you turn over there with me? Or Psalm 115. Psalm 115 tells us that um, it is unto the Lord that receive glory. Psalm 115, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy's sake and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, where now is their God? And that's what they all say. But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. If Jehovah wanted to send fire here, he could. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them. So is every one that trusteth in them. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and shield. They have ears but they hear not. And they kept going. They kept on throughout that morning crying. It tells us that as the time went by, they leapt upon the altar which was made. And Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or for, for adventure he sleepeth and must be awake. And they cut themselves with their manner with knives and lances, hoping that this would somehow satisfy. And the blood gushed out. And it came to pass when midday was prophesied, and they prophesied unto the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice 
nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. Baal isn't real. Baal doesn't exist. But I will tell you something. There is an adversary of the Lord, a creature that the Lord made called Satan, the devil, who is very powerful. So if you hear about fire falling from heaven, it doesn't necessarily mean it's Jehovah. Job records an account of fire falling from heaven and taking life. And it wasn't from Jehovah. It was from Satan. But you know what? The Lord, who's the creator, who sits in the heavens, he has power over Satan. And I'm sure Satan was dying to fall fire on this altar. But the Lord does whatsoever he pleased, and it wasn't happening that day. No. They cried, and they cried, and they cried, but Baal never heard them at all. Elijah mocking them. Oh. As the time of the evening sacrifice comes, Elijah says unto all the people, Come near unto me. So they come near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones, and they, they were a lot bigger than this one, these stones. Took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. The name Israel means prince with God. God rules. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he, he made a trench about the altar. He dug a trench around the altar. So imagine this altar probably was maybe about this big. And, and he dug this trench around the altar as it would contain two measures of seed. And he, and he put the wood in order. It's wood over here. Can we make this work? We'll try. Put the wood in order. It was a lot bigger altar. This was not very big. Put the wood in order. And then he commands that they bring water. Now, I don't know where they got the water in the middle of a drought. Maybe they had to go all the way down the mountain to the Mediterranean and bring it back up. And they say, pour the water on it. So they come and they pour water on it. And he says, Fill four barrels of, with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And they did it. And then he says, Do it the second time. And they did it. And he said, Do it the third time. And they did it. There's no fire hiding in this. It's been thoroughly drenched. No fire hiding here. And the water ran about the altar and filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah, the prophet, he, he came near and he prayed. Lord God of Abraham and of Isaac, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed, it's not happening here, but in the, this day it did, it consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And all the people saw it and fell on their faces and said, What is that? Yes. 
the Lord. He is the God. When this happens, Elijah, he declares to the people. Take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And so, who's going to help us get them? Nobody's wanting to go get them? Let's go, let's go get these guys. Well, so... Well, you know what happened? It tells us that they took them. And Elijah, he brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. And you might be thinking, well, wait a minute. Are you supposed to really kill people for heresy? Not today. But in the theocracy of Israel, it was so. And that's what this was. It wasn't a lynching, as that might have looked like. It was a formal and illegal and God-ordained execution. Now, what happens next? Well, Ahab's still here. So, so Elijah, he, he says to him, Get thee up, eat and drink. For there is the sound of abundance of rain. And so Ahab, he gets up to eat and to drink. Apparently, he throws a party right there on Mount Carmel. I don't know what he thought about um, all of Jezebel's missionaries, but that's what happens. So meanwhile, Ahab goes to eat and to drink. And Elijah, he goes up to the top of Mount Carmel. And he casts himself down upon the earth. And he put his face between his knees. And he says to his servant, Go up now. Look toward the sea. Who's his servant? Who's his servant? Who wants to be his servant? Let's see here. Who can I find? Paul. You're his servant. So he says to him, Go. Look toward the sea. So you go on up over up there and look. Come back and bring a report. He runs, looking towards the sea, the Mediterranean Sea there. And he looks, and he sees nothing. He sees nothing. Now remember, Elijah said to Ahab, that as the Lord God liveth before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years, according to my word. But according to my word. He has now told Ahab, what? Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance rain. Wait a minute. Where's the rain? Here he is praying. Servant, he comes back. He was running back. And, and he brings a report. And he says, There is nothing. There is nothing. Go again seven times. So he goes again. And he looks. There's nothing. Remember, God said that if the children of Israel were to disobey him and not keep his word, he was going to make the heavens as bronze. You think you can get water out of this? Three years. No rain. No rain. You're not going to get water out of this. There's no water coming out of this. How are you going to get water? Because the sky is like bronze. The earth is like iron. You know what he's doing? He's praying. James chapter 5 tells us he is praying. So the second time he comes, the servant, after looking, and, and, and he says to him, there is nothing. he says, go Go again. And he goes again. No rain. Now you would think that just like the fire fell, the rain would come, right? Didn't. Didn't. He comes again. And he brings us 
Same report. Nothing. And, and again, Elijah says, go again. And he comes back. I've lost track. How many times is this? Four. And what's, what's the report? Nothing. Go again. He's slowing down. <laughs> That's actually interesting because so often we get weary in prayer, don't we? How many of us would have been here with Elijah? Whatever. God doesn't hear me. Go again. And he keeps praying. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. He comes back. There's nothing. Go again. And Elijah keeps praying. He keeps praying. He keeps praying. And on the seventh time, let's just skip to that. He comes back and he says to him, Behold, there rises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. There's a little cloud. Three years they haven't seen clouds. And now there's a little cloud. It's a man's hand over the sea. Go tell Ahab. It's coming. And it surely was. Get up and go. So Ahab, he gets on his chariot and he's going to go running back down to Jezreel from Mount Carmel here. And um, just as Elijah said, prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile, so you're on your way to Jezreel. You got your chariot. Let's just imagine you got your chariot and you're taking off down this way. That the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. See? Right on past that chariot. Well, I think part of it is the chariot was a holdback, especially when it started to rain. And Elijah made it there. And it was raining. It was raining. God had answered his prayer, just as it is recorded for us in James chapter 5, that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. For Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth for the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruits. Yes, God answers prayer. And God proved to everyone that day, and he confirms to everyone today, that he answers prayer because he's the only real, true God. Today, can you say Elijah from the heart? Jehovah is my God. And do you beseech him with effectual, fervent prayer, believing his word and what he has said in all things? You can beat the brass. You can try in all your strength and might. So many times and so many things and so often what it needs is we need to get on our knees and pray and trust in the God who is the creator of all things. Well, it's raining back in Jezreel. And Jezreel, Ahab comes and he's got a report to share with somebody. Who's back in Jezreel? Why, Ahab's wife. Go keep that rain. It's still raining. Oh, it's still raining. Let's keep the rain going. Yes, Jezebel. She sees the rain. Ahab comes in. Totally soaked, I imagine. And so they have this plan. Ahab gives her the report and tells her. And you can imagine what was happening. How did Jezebel respond when she heard about the prophets of Baal getting killed? 
she called for her servant. Who wants to be your servant? She called for a servant because she has a message that she wants the servant to deliver. So let the gods do unto me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Who's this message for? Elijah. She has sworn that let her die as the prophets of Baal die if Elijah isn't dead like the prophets of Baal are dead by this time tomorrow. Now, I wonder what you would have done if you got such a message. What's Elijah going to do? Here he has seen this great victory, and he's going to be dead within 24 hours. Or is he? You don't know the rest of the story. Elijah's dead, going to be dead in 24 hours. Can you believe it? How do you know? You have to come back next week. God, we thank you so much that you answer prayer, that you are good and great and holy, that there is none like you, and we can trust in you. Oh, God, may we be reminded of your greatness in this day and fall humbly before you. And may indeed we cry with the people that day, not just from our lips, but from our hearts, the Lord. He is the God. The Lord, he is the God. No, Father, you are. And we commit ourselves now to you in this day as we pray in the precious name of Jesus.